Welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Will. Today I'm joined by author John Durham, author of Winterset Hollow. John, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Pretty good. Did I butcher your last name, Durham? No, no, that's pretty good. I'm okay, okay with that. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking last names, man. Sometimes they have guests on here and I'm like, I know I'm going to say this completely wrong. <laughs> it's, it's tough sometimes, man, for sure. So what are you up to today, man? Get some writing done? Uh, not much. I tend to write a little, a little later at night, like after dinner, usually for four or five hours. So uh, wow. I just uh, got up and uh, worked out and ran some errands and um, just sitting and talk with you now. So Awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four or five hours, that is a stretch. It's uh, three to five somewhere. And there I try to. It doesn't always work out that way. I always have the best of intentions, though, you know. I usually save this question for later, but I actually got to ask, do you out, sure. do you pants or do you plot outline? Uh, no, I outline. Um, okay. That's like, wow. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, storyboards, uh, no cards, all that stuff. Um, but I mean, it always changes after you start writing anyway. So like, um, but I try to prepare myself as best I can. I'm not really comfortable uh, sitting down and starting to type unless I know the beginning and the end and most of the middle, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how people like improv is their right, man. Like that scares the shit out of me. Um, so I'm not sure how people do that, but God bless them. <laughs> Like when I get writer's block, I think that's where it comes from is the idea of I don't know what's going to happen next and I know I'm going to fuck it up. Some people are like inspired by that. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Stephen King sort of writes that way. Like he just sort of sits down and goes with it. And, and that guy cranks out more books than like anybody. But I, I just I'm just not comfortable that way. I need to like I need to know what's going on so I don't have to think about that. And I can focus on the actual like writing part of it. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it has to be out of my head and on a, a note card or a piece of paper somewhere for me to like move past it. How intricate are your notes when you start? Um, I mean, I have, you know, I have plots and characters essentially on uh, storyboards throughout the room. I know it's probably a little hard for you to see, but um, no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. Um, <laughs> so I, I have a, you know, I basically whatever comes to my mind, I try to put down and put on the wall somewhere. So plot points, um, character sketches, and then like even little bits of dialogue. Like if they sort of pop into my head, I'm like, oh, that that's really good. I want to remember that. It either goes in there or like somewhere in the phone, you know. Mm. So do you work on several projects at once or do you stick to just one? Uh, thus far, I've only been able to do one at a time. I have a tough time dividing my attention like that. Um, Same. It's, yeah, it's getting to the point soon where like I may have to try to do that. So I don't know. I don't know. It scares me a little bit. I, I just like to focus on one thing, really. Yeah, when you get too much on your plate at once, it's hard to give its due for one thing. Yeah, it's hard, man. And like I have trouble switching back and forth between like, especially if they're like different tones. Like I have a really hard time with that. Um, so I like to be in one, like one vein for like six months until, you know, that, that draft is done. When you're writing stuff, it's like really hard hitting. Does that get to you emotionally, like as a human being outside of writing? Cause you're like living in that headspace for so long. I'd like to think it doesn't, but like, I think it, I think it does. You know what I mean? I, I think you just sort of don't see it coming. And then all of a sudden you're like, why am I like, why am I so anxious? Or like, why am I in such a bad mood? And it just so happens that you're sort of working on like a pretty, you know a pretty heavy story and it definitely takes its toll on you i think so oh yeah i noticed that yeah. too like the more developed the characters are the more they start to like take on some of your personality traits and vice versa yeah it's almost and like then, i think it's like acting almost yeah and like the more you get to know them like i know that sounds weird but like you spend a lot of time with them you know what i mean mm -hmm. some people spend a year or two on a manuscript and it's like you spend a lot of time with those characters and sometimes you have to like 
introduce them to some not very nice situations and do some not you know not nice things to them and um that that gets to you too for sure like sometimes you don't want to see him go but like they gotta go you know it's, yeah. i don't know it's weird yeah george martin must struggle with that all the time oh man i, I <laughs> just even in the first book like you know what i mean ned stark at the end gone like yeah i, I you know how do you make that decision where you're like well this is either going to be incredibly popular or everybody's going to hate this. So like, here we go. You know, <laughs> that is a gamble. It's like, I'm going to yeah. spend all this time developing this character really well, then just kill him off. You know, it's funny. I, I didn't, I didn't read any of those books before I saw the first season of the show. And as soon as, you know, Ned died at the end of that show, I was like, I must read all of this now. Like, cause it, I was just so intrigued by that choice. I was like, this world is incredible. And like, I, I, I now have no idea what's going to happen. Um, and I just, plowed through all those books uh in like the next four or five months i'm saving the fifth one because i know that that's the last one that's out right now i yeah. mean aside from the two um kind of side project books and i'm the, trying to like the house of the dragon ones the yeah 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 fire and blood i think uh yeah i want to read yeah. that too but it's like i know the next book isn't coming anytime soon and i'm the kind of person where i need to jump on the next book otherwise i'm going to forget what i just read yeah no i hear you it's been a couple years since i read them so i'm like sort of there um do you think we'll get the next book? What do you think? I'm. I think we're going to get one more out of him, but I really doubt he's going to get the seventh one because if he's taken twelve years or so on this one, I don't think he has it in him to finish the whole series. I mean, he's getting up there, right? How old is he now? Like seventy something? He's got to be seventy something. It's got to be tough, man. If I were him, I would have a tough time finishing that. Being that somebody else already finished my story in a way, like I know it's not the same story, but like somebody else already ended it. So, like, I don't know. Hmm. I would have a weird time putting that much of me into something that a lot of people have already seen end in a way. I don't know. I don't know. We'll yeah. See. Yeah. Cause I feel like if you did better than TV show, you know, great. But what if you did worse? That'd be tough. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan of the last season. No, um, me neither. Yeah. So I don't know if he writes it and it's amazing, then like, great. I would love to read that. Um, but I don't know. Did you watch uh, house of the dragon? Oh, I did. I loved it. I had so no good. expectations, but oh my god, it, it blew me so away. So good. Yeah, I was super impressed by it. Really, really good. It like, was like all the characters too. Yeah, all of them. It was like it was just as good as like peak Game of Thrones. I thought mm -hmm. uh, really good. I was glad to see. Um, is it Rice FNs? How do you pronounce his name? He was the Hand uh, of the King. Reese. Reese. R R H Y S. Is that how? It yeah, is? it's the weirdest I, spelling. <laughs> maybe Reese. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's Reese. But yeah, seeing him in the show is really uh really nice. I am seeing him since Pirate Radio. I don't think. Oh my, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. I was really, really impressed with the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what else do you like to read? Who are your um, most inspiring authors, I guess? Like, who are your... Uh, I mean, like, looking back, I mean, I, I read a lot of, like, a lot of classic stuff in high school and in college. So I've, I've grown to really love a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, Hemingway and, like, Fitzgerald and, uh, you know, Salinger and stuff like that. Recently, I've been reading a lot of indie authors because over the last year, I've come to, like become friends with a lot of indie authors and um you know i get them to send me their books you know when they when they when they publish them so i've been reading a lot of um a lot of sort of indie horror stuff that's been like really good and really eye-opening and really fresh so I've, I've really enjoyed you know a sort of a, a a switch from my usual thing over the last year or so um growing like up I've, a lot. yeah i love any stuff man it's like um like i just read uh I mean, four, three, four months ago, uh, there's a book called Winner's Myths um, that came out by Gage Greenwood, 
which is like one of the most unique different things I've read in I don't know how many years. I've really, really enjoyed that. And there's just so many good writers out there, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's incredible. Um, what, what do you watch? Uh, so House of the Dragon has been the most recent thing. Um, and then my next thing, I think I want to catch up on Ozark. Uh, Ooh. I stopped after season two and so I want to get back into it. Um, but I, apart from that, I mean, we watch, uh, like we definitely watch a lot of movies, but we also watch a lot of like sort of time-wasting reality show <laughs> type stuff too, like home improvement shows, you know what I mean? That sort of thing. I have a weird thing for like food competition shows as well. Oh, so, man, that's like a rabbit hole. Dude, like Bake Off and Top Chef, and I'm all about that <laughs> stuff. Because I, I actually watch TV when I write, like I have to have something on in the background. Mm-hmm. So you, it's usually something I've seen before, so I don't have to pay attention to it, just so it's like the right amount of distraction. So it's usually some cooking show or something like that, you know? See, I can't do with voices in the background. I can only use music in the background. because yeah, like, I can't, do, voice, I can't do music. I'm like the other way, man. If it's music, I want to like listen to it. If it's just a bunch of people talking, I can like tune it out for whatever reason. <laughs> I think it's because like inside your brain, you're like I get to, I get to be antisocial right now. There are people talking. I don't have to listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why I get my best that. work done. Yeah, yeah. It's funny the the different like environments people like to work in. You know, some people need total silence. But, like I can't handle that Mm-mm. for whatever reason. I don't know why. Um, yeah. If it's totally silent to the point where I can like hear myself breathing, I just get stressed where I'm like, I get I anxious. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I can't really do like the library. I suppose I could maybe if I brought like, if I'd listened to something on my phone while I was there or something like that, you know, but yeah, the total silence, man, just makes me nervous. I don't know. <laughs> just sit in the teen section and blast YouTube or something. Yeah, totally. I could totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your favorite horror movie of all time? Movie? Oh, dude, that's a tough one. Um, one of my favorites, and I guess this is horror. I guess you would you would classify this as horror. Did you see uh, Midsommar? What is it? Midsommar. Uh, oh, yeah, Midsommar. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's one of my favorites. And I guess there's been some argument, like, whether it's it's certainly not, like, classic horror or a slasher or anything like that. But I don't know. It's a pretty horrific movie to me. Like, um, the, the, the horror that really gets me is, like, the horror of reality in a way. Like, more so than stuff that seems surreal that's like just there to be you know to be a movie or to be a book but when somebody really digs into like the horror of a corner of reality that's what like really gets me and that movie i could see for whatever reason felt felt very real to me you know what i mean that this community could exist like on the fringes of some country somewhere and just the way it was presented it was like so atmospheric and like lush and it just like sucked me right in um so i really loved that movie like classic horror, I, th- I love the thing. Uh, that's oh, one thing. of my all-time favorites. Yeah, so so good. Um, just like one of the like the ur text of horror movies. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else I've seen recently that's been great. Um, Did you see a uh, smile? No, not yet. Oh, I need to though. Dude, it's great. I watched it, it last good? night. Yeah, it's on. Uh, was it uh, Paramount Plus? I think I have that. Yeah, so it's free on there right now. I will definitely check that out. I haven't read the book yet either. There's um, a book. I've been... Yeah, oh yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, definitely definitely based on a book. I can't remember who wrote it. Um, uh, what else did I see? Oh, I saw uh, My Best Friend's Exorcism recently, is which is, it's like horror, it's like campy horror comedy. Um, so if you're into that sort of thing, it's it's definitely worth a watch. And it's pretty short. It's like 90 minutes. You know what I mean? Like no muss, no fuss. Uh, based on, I think it was a, it was a 
Grady Hendrix book. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was definitely cool. Um, yeah, I love his works. So I have to check that out. Yeah, I mean, if you like his stuff, they did a pretty good job with it. Uh, definitely like his tone, you know what I mean? Like his voice. So they, de- they definitely did a good job. Now, in Midsummer, I have a question because yeah. I had this theory that at the beginning where she finds her uh, parents dead and her sister's yeah. dead. Do you think the guy who is like the friend figure there in the uh, the cult or whatever, like set that up to get her there? Oh, because wow. I feel like it kind of hints at it at parts, but is never like definitively answered of how I'm, much of this was he involved in. I'm going to have to go back and watch this now. That didn't even enter my mind. But now that I think about it, like. You know, I don't know, because that was a pretty big part of like they spent 20 or 30 minutes on that. Mm-hmm. So now that I think about it, maybe. Because I was trying to think, like, logistically, how they would have done that themselves with, like, no warning signs and stuff. And, like, I know that's kind of a gray area to get into. But throughout the movie, he hints that, like, she is supposed to be here. And he's, like, so glad that she came. And I was like, he might have, like, manipulated the situation to make it so she would have to go. Wow. Because he got, like, really close to that friends group. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you might be right about that. I lo- I want to like jump on Reddit right now and see see who's <laughs> talking about that. Um, Get real deep in the sauce. Yeah, yeah. Not, now that you mention it, like you might be right. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it though. Um, that that strikes me like something that movie would do. Now that you now that you're talking about it, you know what I mean. Um, well. I loved it. Like Ari Aster, he is like a revelation in movies to me. Like his work in Hereditary and Midsummer. Mm, is it Midsummer? Midsummer. Midsummer, I don't know. Midsummer, Midsummer, one of those two. Um, Hereditary was fantastic too. Oh yeah, yeah, really, really good. There's a couple, couple points. It's like hard to shock me, but there were a couple points in that movie where I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> like, uh, it was really excellent. I saw that in theaters, and when it ended, everyone was just silent and just walked out. Like, what the hell did we just watch? <laughs> I could see that. I didn't see Mids- uh, Midsummer in the theaters either, but I can see that sort of being the same the same vibe oh, yeah. like, what did we all just watch together <laughs> like, uh, that was uh, that was a crazy movie i like how it pushes a lot of boundaries too where it's not just a straight up horror movie it's like its own it's weird kind thing. of yeah its own weird genre like all of their movies are sort of that that like interesting cross genre stuff all the a24 studio stuff like mm-hmm. i don't know did you see lamb i did not see lamb no so weird so weird um but interesting uh the green knight uh, was sort of the same way. It was like this, you know, mi- fairly almost fairly straight up like a th- Arthurian medieval adventure tale. But then it just gets weird, and you're like, "What am I? Wait, what am I watching all of a sudden? Like, so crazy." Um, but I'm glad they're like doing well and putting out more stuff like that because I think I think the world needs stuff like that. You know, stuff that like doesn't fit easily into one box always intrigues me. Yeah. Yeah, like the easier it is to categorize something, the less value I think it has. Like if something can't be categorized very easily, and you have to struggle to kind of describe it to somebody, yeah. I think that's where a lot of really good stuff is. I I think so too. Um, it's a shame that not a lot of stuff gets made because of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if it's hard to pitch, it's like a big big red flag for people, you know, producing stuff like that. So it's a shame that. But every every now and then, something like that breaks through and like brings a lot of stuff with it. Like. Pulp Fiction way back in the day was that movie. Um, I can't remember what the first movie A24 did, um, but that was sort of the same way. Uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Did you see oh that? Oh, my God, that movie. It's sort of the same thing. You know what I mean? You're just like, I, what, what is this? But like, I don't know what I'm watching, but I love it. Like, <laughs> All right. So in one scene, we're going to so have different. a girl talking to a rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there's going to be a raccoon on this guy's head. And like, you're just like, wait, wait what? <laughs> what is happening? 
Um, but stuff like that is like visionary stuff like that is is amazing. I love it. Uh, yeah. 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 I feel like it's the, probably of the two movies that came out at that same time, there was everything everywhere all at once. And then there was that Doctor Strange, a multiverse of madness. As far as oh, yeah. the multiverse, I feel like that movie did way better as far as like using the multiverse theory. Which movie? Everything everywhere. All yeah. At once. Yeah. Yeah. I did, too. Uh, the Doctor Strange one, I could sort of take or leave. Like it was one of my least favorite Marvel projects because I didn't think they like pushed that idea far enough. No, you know what I mean? They played it way too safe. They, way too safe. Like all the differences between the multiverses, I was just sort of like, eh. And then at the the end was just sort of one of those like, all you have to do is believe in yourself. And she's like, <laughs> okay. And it's like, oh, come on, guys. Like, can we? And she like goes to Mount Doom this? and pulls yeah. it down on herself. I was like, oh my god. So yeah, it just wasn't quite out there enough. Like, um, so I don't. You know, the, the last couple Marvel movies have just been sort of mad to me. Um, I heard the new Black Panther is supposed to be fantastic, though, so I'm looking forward to that. I saw that the other night. I wasn't, like, blown away by it, but it definitely okay. had the strongest opening scene since Endgame. And Ooh. it had, I think, the strongest closing scene in quite a while. So That's the good. opening and closing, I thought, were really, really well done. In the middle, kind of dragged for me. But mm. overall, it was one of the better Marvel movies come out in the past five years or so. Good. All right. I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, I very much enjoyed The Last Spider-Man. I thought that was really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the couple that they sprinkled in between those, I was like, eh, it was a more uh Morbius and uh oh, I didn't even see Morbius. <laughs> I was not it was not my not my jam. I don't know. Does he really <laughs> say it's Morbin time in that movie? Yes, he does. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's I don't know, it's just weird, man. It's weird. Yeah. I might see it just because it's so weird. Like I love those 90s superhero movies. I hear that's what it's like a throwback to. Yeah. Uh yeah, very much so. Um I mean he's he's good enough in it. You know what I mean? I just I don't know. I just couldn't care about it. I don't know. Like <laughs> Like as far as the Marvel movies, I think the best thing that happened to them in a long time was uh Taika Waititi. Like his style oh, of sure. directing. Like he's I, just a visionary. And so, so like tonally so different than any of the other Marvel stuff. Mm. Um the uh Thor Ragnarok is like one of my favorite movies. <laughs> it was so it's, fun. It's so funny and like so different. Um, yeah, I really, really loved it. Um it's good to have something new, especially like after you know, sort of like in the process of saying goodbye to you know, Chris Evans as Cap and Robert Downey Jr. And, you know, saying goodbye to like the original core. Um, it's nice to have something new sort of going forward, I think. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think Thor's going to be around for a while because they didn't like, they didn't kill him off, did they? Mm-mm. I did. I haven't seen the last one, but I probably would have heard about that. <laughs> I would yeah. imagine if that had happened. Yeah. Would have um, been like front page somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, he's going to be around for a while for sure. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they go. I mean, that whole run of movies up to uh infinity war you know what i mean that was like one of the most impressive things in the history of cinema to me like all of those movies in some way relating to each other like tangentially carrying the same story forward and developing sort of the same characters and all of it culminating in like those two movies which i thought were really well done it still blows my mind like nobody's ever done anything like that and i don't know if I don't know if anybody, even them, is going to be able to pull that off again. Um, but mind blowing to like the scope of it, and just the fact that they actually were able to like pull that off to that degree is incredible. Yeah, I'm hoping they can do it again because I know the Kang the Conqueror or whatever is supposed to be like the next big supervillain, and I'm like mm. I'm interested in his story because he's okay. in the comics. Interesting. Um, I don't know anything about him. 
they're from the comics or anything. Um, <laughs> Pretty much, he's a dude who just like goes to the multiverse and conquers each one. Okay, is it? It's very basic. <laughs> I mean, I'm into it. Show, show, show me the movies, man. Let's do this. Uh, I'm ready for something as big. You know, um, I was just glad they took Thanos and made him like a really like what's the word? He's a, he's a complex character where he yeah. had good intentions, but he was pretty evil about it. I guess. Like, I'm going to wipe out half humanity, but it's going to save the other half. Yeah, they definitely gave him depth um, yeah. going forward, which they needed to do. Um, you know what I mean? For those those couple movies to, like, really have the impact they did. Now, I think they did a great job with it. What's his face? Uh, uh, Josh Brolin mm-hmm. um, was great, I think, as Thanos. Like, did really, really well. Um but yeah, I do. I mean, I cried a little bit during that last movie, man. Like when they were all showing up at the battle at the end. Oh, like, that was right. great. I was like, all right, you got me. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, that was great. I think Josh yeah. Brolin is the only actor in the Marvel Cinematic Universe who's played two characters so far. Well, because he was what's his face in Deadpool, right? Yeah. Cable. Cable. Yeah. yeah. And now that Deadpool is actually part of the cinematic universe, but hasn't been used yet. I think that makes that connection. Yeah, I think so. Um, the Deadpool movies are great too, man. Like oh speak, speaking of like a different voice in that universe, you know what I mean? Just <laughs> that's I just love the fact that they're like they just gave it to Ryan Reynolds and they were just like, all right, do do what you want to do with it. And he's, the, he's just the perfect person to pull that off. Oh, they couldn't have anybody else do it. They, they, they couldn't have. No, it, was uh, it wouldn't won't work. Like if Disney yep. tries to recast him, we riot. <laughs> yeah, no, that'll never happen. They're not that. T- well, yeah, probably won't ever happen. Um, <laughs> What I like about him is like his energy and his sense of humor pretty much is Deadpool. Like right. everything he, he plays. He in. doesn't really have to act much. Oh. You know what I mean? He could just like sort of be himself, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it fits perfectly. Do you ever watch his uh, new show, Welcome to Wrexham? Oh, with him and uh, Rob McElhenney? Yeah. From Always Sunny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen a couple episodes of that. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty good. Actually, got yeah. me watching soccer. Uh, I'm actually a pretty big soccer fan. I've, I've been following the Premier League for a long time and uh, even some Spanish leagues and stuff and German leagues and stuff like that. So um, I, I'm i a fan for sure. And I'm a huge fan of Always Sunny. So, oh, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite, if not my favorite all time comedies. What I love about them is like nothing they do as, as far as the comedy goes is like very base level. Like they put a lot of thought into their scripts. Like, yeah. From what I hear in the writer's room, like they always try to throw away anything that's too obvious, like any kind of just basic scatological humor. Oh, even though they use plenty of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess like they're really, really big on the writing process. And I, I really like that. I could see that. I mean, both of those guys have been around for a long time. And, you know, I mean, Rob wrote most of Always Sunny. I mean, with him and, uh, you know, Dennis and the other dudes. Um, so I could, I could see that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's one of my favorite shows. I love it. Yeah, it's fantastic. But getting back to your work, how did Winterset yeah. Hollow come to be? Because that's winning, uh, like that's doing really well right now. I know this hit like a lot of the fan base, and people are really responding to it. People getting tattoos of that cover. Yeah, man, there's been a there's been a bunch of tattoos of the cover, which like blew my mind the first time somebody uh, somebody like messaged me a a picture and you know a reader, and she was like, "I got this done today," and I was like, "What did you do?" <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's become like this crazy cult favorite book man um that's it's like wild to see that happen um i didn't really know if it it would happen that way or not you know but it seems to be going that direction it's become way more successful than i ever thought a a first book would 
Um, it's been out for about a year and a month now. So, and it's still like going really strong and, and doing really well and people are still loving it. And it's been like really awesome and really kind of crazy and humbling to see that. Like, I still don't really know what to make of it in a way, you know, um, cause it's sort of a crazy book and like you put something like that out there and you're just not sure either, either people are going to like, really, it's going to resonate with people or it's not at all. And it's like been great to see that it seems to it seems to have resonated with a lot of people so well that's good yeah how did you get there what was your process of writing that well so uh i wrote it during the pandemic like during peak pandemic um i was a screenwriter before i wrote books um not a very successful one mind you but uh you know enough to feed myself and you know the entertainment industry shut down uh, peak pandemic so i found myself sort of sitting home alone and not having anything to do and no work and um i have had this story that was like bouncing around in my head for a couple months and i thought maybe it would actually make a great book um and maybe there would be less red tape in the way of people actually enjoying this story you know mm -hmm. i mean that's the most frustrating thing about being a screenwriter is that you know a script has to get past so many people and you have to find millions and millions of dollars for somebody to actually enjoy it and so i thought uh, you know I'll go ahead and take a shot at writing a book and it seemed like the right story and um just sort of sat there and banged it out for four or five months and wow. um yeah and that's how that's how that came to be um went through a lot of publishing hurdles you know and that sort of thing after that um for sure but uh yeah man just sort of wrote it not knowing what i was going to do next and it turned out to be the thing that like to find what i was going to do next so um, hell yeah yeah yeah. Well, I'm glad for your success, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been great, man. It's been a lot of fun. I learned a lot, uh, for sure. Um, it's been a crazy learning experience. And I I just had so much fun writing that that I was like, I think this is what I want to do from here on out, you know. So well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have a second no, book coming anytime soon. I do. It should be out late 2023. Uh it's called Jonah the Giant. Uh it's about a giant. Um, but it's sort of I'm sort of trying to do the same thing for um, like classic adventure stories uh, present like a modernized dark version of that, that I sort of did with like children's stories in Winterset Hollow. So hopefully it sort of resonates in that same vein, um, but at the same time being different enough, you know, to, to be different. So um, should be out late 2023 um, if everything goes according to plan, which it never does. You know, no. so <laughs> anytime I said deadlines for myself, there's a guarantee I'm going to miss it. Yeah, man, me too. So <laughs> I, I try not to, to, you know, be specific about it. But at, at some point, you got to <laughs> you gotta let people know when it's coming out, hopefully. So yeah. late 2023, you notice I didn't give a particular month, but it should be sometime in there. Could be anytime between May and December. That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me and talking. It was fun. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I had a great time, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at uh, this one over here and uh, on Facebook. Uh, if you just look up Jonathan Ember Dura, my author page is on there. And that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you, John. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Thank you very much. Have a great day. All right, you too. Bye. Bye.